please note that some of the content in today's broadcast is inappropriate for children, and listener discretion is advised. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And also, please note that some of the content in today's broadcast is inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. With our last mailing on, I guess it was the was second of the month, we wrote and put together a whole project about the Alabama Supreme Court, sending out envelopes that you write to them. And we're being overwhelmed with requests for extra orders. We every, everybody received their packet. And we're in war. We're on the verge of losing our nation. We're at the precepts or the cliff or the mountaintop, however you want to phrase it or identize it, of what we live and what we accept in this nation, even if many of us do not accept it, that what's going on with marriage, it ends. Every civilization that's got to this point fail. We have to turn around now. We don't have to worry about what people think about it. And our read today is really about this. This program we're launching 
is a spiritual project to support Alabama's Supreme Court, which is the only Supreme Court in the United States of America who has stood up and holding their ground on this. We want to, even if we have to go to war, even if we have to be civil disobedient, whatever we have to do, we better draw the line in the sand now, not some gray zone. Okay, you can be this, you can be that. No, we can never allow your sins, if you're a thief, or your sins if you're something else, to be normalized. Why should we get an exception for this one sin? Okay, so okay for you to normalize the sin. No, we cannot, and we will not. And thank God there's been some briefs just filed recently to the U.S. Supreme Court filled with Bible scriptures. A very daring move on behalf of this group that's doing this and these lawyers that's doing this. So this read Jonah is going to read to you will give you some insights and some hope, but it will not happen if the people themselves don't rise up and support this. This is entitled Supremes Warned, God's Judgment Now Looming. In a stunningly blunt brief, a team of lawyers acting on behalf of a number of Christian and liberty-focused organizations has told the U.S. Supreme Court that to mandate abominable purported marriages is to invite God's judgment. The Supreme Court is to hear arguments later this month in a case coming from the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in which judges said state residents are allowed to define marriage in their state. The appeal to the Supreme Court contends barring abominable purported marriages violates the U.S. Constitution. Other briefs already have pointed out that marriage existed before any government, law, or constitution, so the judiciary doesn't have the authority to allow people to simply change the definition. The new brief goes much further. Quote, should the court require the states and the people to ritualize sodomite behavior by government issuance of a state marriage license? It could bring God's judgment on the nation, the brief warns. Holy Scripture attests that this abominable behavior and other perversions violate the law of the land. And when the land is defiled, the people have been cast out of their homes. The brief cites Leviticus 18.22 and 24.30, biblical passages that seldom find its way into popular discourse. Verse 22 states, This sin is detestable. Do not do it. And the subsequent section warns against such defilement. Quote, If you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the nations that were before you. Keep my requirements. And do not follow any of the detestable customs that were practiced before you came. And do not defile yourselves with them, the Old Testament passage states. The court filing, citing the book of Second Peter, continues, quote, Although some would assert that these rules apply only to the theocracy of ancient Israel, the apostle Peter rejects that view, quoting from Scripture, For if God, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example for those that after should live ungodly. 
The brief says the continuing application of this Levitical prohibition is confirmed by the book of Jude. Quote, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Unquote. The brief argues, whatever justification any judge may believe compels a state to divine marriage to include abominable couple relationships, it is not found in the Constitution, nor is it based in any constitutional principles. For any judge to require a state to define marriage to include protection for abominable couples is an usurpation of authority that he does not have under the laws of man or God and is thus illegal. The brief to the U.S. Supreme Court said, God's word doesn't need a majority vote. God's word is true regardless of the winds of moral change, and we must stand up for biblical truth in the midst of a depraved society. Wow. This is going to be on the brief. This is history to the U.S. Supreme Court. If you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the lands before you. Scientific studies and archaeologists have shown this to be the sin civilizations fell over. 65 civilizations had fallen fell because they reached the pinnacle of the sin. It wasn't that some of the sins didn't lead up to this. But the thing is, this is where we got to peel back our walk toward disaster. And so we have this taking place in our nation, and you can do something. We've got this where the Alabama Supreme Court has and must win this case. And if they don't, they defy it because the U.S. Supreme Court does not have the authority to contradict natural law. You need to educate yourself on this. You need to get the book, Look What Happened Where You're Sleeping. Order it from us. Order it from Amazon.com. You got a copy? Reread it. We got people on our mail list supporting this, overwhelmingly ordering from us these envelopes. But we got one field engineer wrote to us and said, it just, just came in this morning right before I started the show. They just brought it to me. They're from Florida. His name's Alberto. And he's writing in response to this project to stop this marriage stuff, the abominable purported marriages. He says, I do not object to these unions, but they should be called civil unions, not marriages. Marriage is between a man and a woman and will produce our future generations. As a civil union... They should be able to share entitlements as married couples. Can you believe this? What this person is saying, what this feeling is saying? They're following all these messages, and they think they should be treated like all married couples in their entitlements. It continues, he says, they should not have to call it marriage to get these entitlements. And then he's got big letters with this question. Isn't that what this is all about? And then he goes on and says, make the entitlements available to the civil union couples. And then the big line that comes at the end, bold half-inch letters to us here at Caritas, our field angel, saying, stop trying to change the Bible. Well, Alberto, we don't want your money. We don't want our field angels defiled with this kind of thinking. You've been on our mail list for a long time. And anybody has been that way that disagrees, just get off. We're not interested in the dollars. 
we're interested in creating a growing body of people that realize sin in the world, this major sin and other sin, is never to be normalized. I sin, you sin, everybody here in community sins, all the major world people sins, but we're not running around advocating to make this normal. We're running and advocating in the confessional and say we're sinners. Big difference. Big difference. This is beyond me how somebody can be following our lady and be for this. You're the one that's wrong. You're more guilty and more in sin and more wrong for what you're advocating than the people that are doing this sin. Because you're not convicting them with your life. And they always say, oh, well, y'all do this and you sin too. Of course we do, but we are recognizing that. They're not. They're advocating this is normal and we should go in it this way. There's a thing called conversion therapy. Doctors across the United States are starting to do this and ministers. And that's really what we're doing. We're telling people, you're not this way. Don't accept it. You're not born this way. This is a learned behavior that you've adopted for whatever reasons that God would judge you for. We don't judge that part of it. That's God's business. But what we do is we want to keep a sane moral culture to propagate the human race. Not something that advocates it against it. This is destructive. So this week, April 10th, from the White House, from Amanda Simpson, U.S. Army. She writes on whitehouse.gov. You realize this is from Obama then. Abomination. Obama the abomination. She writes, across the country, there are doctors working to convince people to change their orientation of what they are. I changed those words right there because I want to say explicitly what she wrote in regards to the identity. She continues, it's known as conversion therapy, but it could also be called brainwashing and reprogramming. So as a pastor, you're counseling somebody of this persuasion. You're telling them you need to change your life. You do that. You can't do that. According to Amanda Simpson at the U.S. Army, all you military people, find out who she is. Convict her. You don't tolerate this. You don't accept this. Oh, you'll be the one that'll be the haters. You'll be the one that they call the blank word and phobia. But God's that way because he wrote it in his book not to be that way. So God's phobic. Then we join him. Proudly and gladly do we wear that badge. Call us what you want to. We admit it. But also kleptomaniac phobia and all the other sins go with this. We're not for that. And if we fail any of those, we still are really wanting to repent. You don't. So she calls it brainwashing reprogramming. Remember, this is from the White House. Unembarrassed, unashamed they sent this out. Loving and compassionate parents and ministers who are trying to do the right thing are doing just the opposite. See how they write? We're loving and compassionate because we're viewing these people as doing damage to us as loving and compassionate. She continues, they are influenced by bad science. So pastors, your science, the biblical science, or what you're doing in your theology is bad. She continues, not grounded in fact. The so-called conversion therapy is harmful. A couple of days ago, the White House came out in support of efforts to ban the use of conversion therapy. Can you believe this? The presidency, the, the administration has come out to ban 
pastors saying, come out of this lifestyle. And you don't want to write a letter to the Alabama Supreme Court? And this Phil Angel is so stupid to quote St. Paul in the New Testament. You stupid Galatians. You stupid field angels who think this. We love our field angels, their family, but we don't want you on our mail list. We call out our bottom cows out of our herd here on our cattle because they're not producing. If you can't grow, then go somewhere else. You don't accept what we're saying here through Our Lady, then go somewhere. Shake the dust from your feet, or rather we shake our dust from your feet. We don't want you contributing to us. We're just not interested in it. So she continues. A couple of days ago, the White House came out in support of the effort to ban the use of conversion therapy and as a abominable woman, I changed that word, as a abominable woman, this is especially personal to me. So here's Amanda Simpson admitting this is who she is and she's in the U.S. military. And by the way, it is, I want to so read it in the context, what she's ahead of. Amanda Simpson is executive director of the U.S. Army Office of Energy Initiatives. That tells you a lot. First of all, she's of a bondable lifestyle, and she's proud of it, and she don't want anybody trying to talk out of being that way. So maybe she can find more future partner marriage people to propose or whatever. But when you're executive director of the U.S. Army Office of Energy Initiatives, that means they've got to watch over how we go fight battles or the environment or we're going to bomb trees and stuff like that. They've got this going on in the military now. So this gives you a mentality of where these people are and how warped they are in their thinking, how perversely are they in their thinking. So listen to our words in that context now. No one should be forced to be someone they're not. Everyone should be valued for their authentic, true self, who they are, regardless of the gender which they identify or who they love. So Jesus tells Mary Magdalene, oh, follow me, but you're okay. Stay what you are. That's who you are. You've been that way your whole life. That's not what Jesus did. He demanded something better. And when she failed, and she did fall, according to the point of man guide, and when she fell, he had to come back to her, and she repented. Falling is not the problem. Lack of repentance and saying what you're doing is okay is the problem. That's the problem. God redeems sin. That's paid for. If you're open to it, if you want it, if you're striving and struggling to change your life, God gives grace. And he forgives many times. He told Peter, seven times 70 you have to forgive. But if you're not trying to get out of this and you want to say, just accept me for who I am, this is how I am, you're not born that way genetically. It's proven it can't be. It's a choice. She continues, I recently talked with a few other people in the administration. What's she doing that high in the White House for? Somebody like this, why even let them in there? Discriminate against her. As for me and my household, we will discriminate. Why? Because the Bible discriminates. The Bible says this is wrong behavior. And the New Testament says don't hang around people like this. Don't hang around sinners. Evangelize to them. Witness to them. Live the way you're supposed to live. But we are fallen people. All creatures are. But we go to Jesus. And we seek that. And we're not advocating to accept me in this way. Alay says a conversion is a process that lasts your entire lifetime. And because of that, and because that's taken place, we're called upon not to accept this lifestyle. It's wrong and it's evil. So she continues. I recently talked with a few other people. What does she define few? 
her little league that they're like in what they've talked about this being in even the Vatican. It's just, just a few people. They're strategically placed there to do just what she's doing. She legitimizes herself. I recently talked to a few other people in the administration. Like, this is everybody. About why conversion therapy, listen to that conversion. Oh, he says you must convert. She's against conversion. That's what she's setting herself up. I'm against the Holy Virgin Mary who says, come and convert. Conversion is a process that your entire lifetime. Conversion is a process that's every day, an everyday thing. Conversion is constant call to the day you die. She is dead set against this. So why conversion therapy is so dangerous? Is dangerous for what our lady's doing? That's what this is about? And you want to say, don't change the Bible? Who's changing things? This field engine has a hole in their head. We don't want stupid people following us. You're an idiot. You say, how can you be that crass? Go read the New Testament. Paul talked this way. The other apostles were this way. When they got crass, they got crass. It wasn't like a love. It's because of love they do that. Call it what it is. Why conversion therapy is so dangerous and why it's so important for the White House to take a strong stance against this practice. I would dare say even the Obama administration, not all of them are for it. She says, this isn't just an issue about us. It's an American issue. Our nation was founded on the ideas of equity and acceptance for everyone and forcing an individual to be someone they aren't goes directly against what this country stands for. I don't know what nation this woman lives in. I don't know where she comes from. If you're going to grow a society, you hear that? They're wanting to grow a society according to their view, and you want to let them do that? They don't even have the numbers to do it, and we're letting them do it. If we're going to grow a society, we must move beyond the way things are to the way things should be. Beautiful words, almost poetic. That's why I'm glad our administration is standing up and making it clear that conversion therapy is unacceptable. Our society should allow every child, did you catch that? Not consenting adults. Every child and every person the freedom to be whoever they aspire to be. This is demonic. This is Satan. This is the devil. Call it what you want. Don't rose color it. And we've already seen the tragic effects of this therapy. Callan's people have taken their own lives because they feel they can't fit into the standards of society demands. Give me a break. Countless people, that means millions. See how they have to exaggerate? Countless people, because she can't count them, there's not enough. She don't know what they are. But I'll tell you this fact. I know it intuitively. I know it in my soul. I know it in my heart. And that's how I speak it from fact, from discernment, from biblical thought. There's many more countless people that will not commit and take their lives because they come out of this lifestyle. This lifestyle does cause you to lose your life. So we got collateral damage. Which do you want? Some that came through conversion therapy and couldn't make it and they took their life? Or those who came out of it and didn't take their life because of it? I dare tell you that there's far more who are happy, not longer depressed. Do you realize this group has at the top of the five psychological problems of any other group? 
highest in depression, highest in unhappiness, the highest in taking their lives. I don't know what the other two are. Look it up. You can do your research. But you, you know it without even doing research. Because they feel they can't fit in to the standards that society demands. Others, although they haven't lost their lives, have been forced to live unfulfilled lives to repress their feelings in the process. Doesn't this make you want to cry? Yes, you're not going to be free to be open because you repress it. If you don't confess sins, you're that way. Did you know also, 50, 60 years ago, the least psychological problems in the groups that they did studies on was Catholics? And they attribute it to because they go to confession. They get the garbage off their soul. They're clean. They may fall again, but they go again. Somebody came up to me in New Mexico, said he had a problem with certain sins. He went every week to confession for three years. And he announced to me, he says, I'm free. I'm free. For six months, I've been free. That's therapy. That's conversion. That's helpful. That, that gives you reason to live, not to die. She continues, we can be better than this. We are better than this. We owe it to ourselves and to all the children growing up to this country. See there? They got to propagate it because they can't procreate, but they got to start with the children. You want this? You want them knocking on your door saying, oh, you're going to be arrested because you're contradicting our teachings at school? This will go there. They have never stopped once they attained one thing 20 years ago, something the next year for 19 years to this point, 20 years later. They're continuing to do what they did with Lot when they came and wanted his sons knocked on the door because nobody else was going to the door that wasn't that way. And they fled and fire and brimstone came down upon them. We owe it to ourselves and to all the children growing up in this country to work toward a society where everyone is accepted and treated equally. I am not going to treat you equally. I don't have to. Because you're already treated equally. You're on the same level I am. But you're not when you come to me and say you want to go to work at my company if I was in business dressed up like a woman. I'm going to discriminate. I'm going to have better taste than that. I'm going to have more dignity than that to be something so perverse. You're on the low ground. We're on the high ground. We're on the moral. You're on the immoral. Yes, we've all committed immorality. I hate to keep coming back to what we do, and we're just the same in sin, and some of our sins can send us to hell, but we're different from you. We know we're sinners. We admit that, and we confess, and we repent, and we pray for atonement, and we do penance, we do fasting to get out of that, and you need to do the same thing. So I'll tell you where this is going to. This is going to our bishops. What are you doing? On this brief list that's filed in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, it's filed by the Liberty Institute on behalf of the National Religious Broadcasters, the Billy Graham Evangelical Association, Samaritan's Purse, In Touch Ministries, Pathways to Victory, Chuck Colson, Center for Christian Worldview, Dallas, Theological Seminary, the Southern Baptist Theological Ceremony, Southeastern, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. Where is the U.S. bishops? 
You're at the most fault for this. You do your conferences. You're putting out your letters. What are you doing? Is this too strong to the bishops? The Pope, Benedict, Francis, and even before that says, you can disagree with the, the Pope himself and even the bishops. You're on the wrong side of this by being neutral or silent or saying nothing. You meet at your conferences. What comes out of that? Socialist justice. We're sick of this stuff. The Catholics in the pew are sick of it. Do something. Why aren't you saying, let's take up a collection across the United States of America. We'll fill the coffers with millions and tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. I guarantee in one collection, if we prepare for it for a month, we can hire all these attorneys across the nation and foul these things and bog these people down and stop it. The U.S. bishops can stop it. They got one exercise they can do. There's six Catholics on the Supreme Court. Exercise excommunication of recognition because they voting for this, Ginsburg, Kalin, or, or not both of them, one of them are Catholic. They and the others, if they vote for this, recognize their excommunication because excommunication, they've done that to themselves. You recognize it. We demand it out of you as bishops and you as people and Catholics need to go to your bishop and say, we are sick of this, that y'all are sitting on your hands doing nothing. 1.2 billion Catholics in the world, the strongest denomination. 63% of the Americans are Catholic. We've had an increase of Catholics a remarkable increase. We're growing like no other church is growing in the populations. And you're not keeping up as a bishop. You say, well, we can't do that. We can be like, you don't love these people. You don't love us as sitting in the pews. I'm sick of this. And I, I'm in disgust with it that our bishops don't have the guile, enough fortitude to say, we will no longer tolerate this. We're going to join our Protestant brothers. You're the leaders. They aren't. We're the numbers. They aren't. And they're fighting it. And you're just sitting there. What are you waiting for? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's illogical when you have the means to do something and you don't use it. I tell you, healthcare is the U.S. bishop's fault. They advocated for this. We just got the reading Sunday that said they came and brought the wealth that sold the farms and nobody was in need. A lightning bolt. Which words in that phrase of the scripture I just said? No one was in need. In other words, the church is the welfare agent. The church is one better of a judge if somebody needs welfare. The church is a judge if they're lazy and they're sorry and they're not working, whether they should get help or they're really incapacitated and this family needs help. The church is supposed to do this, not the U.S. government. The bishops have been wrong for decades, calling upon the government to do welfare and do what they're doing. You're destroying this nation. You're at fault with this. Admit it. And I, as a Catholic, am ready to stand up against it. This is disgusting because now we're at the door where a lot was being knocked on to give his sons over, and you're doing nothing still again. You're birthing this by your non-confrontation. We want you. Do you know if you got in the streets of your diocese and say, come follow me, we're going to the city hall, we're going to the legislature, you know you would have millions following you. You don't even know what kind of hero you can be because you're on the wrong track. You're on a, a social doctrine that's so demented in socialism that you gave us health care, this abomination, 
And I admit we're at fault because of the health care and the, the money and, and what's happened. And we always get these sins because Israel sinned and the Syrians. But we want leaders. But you know what's happening? Our Lady has come and said, my strength is my apostles. Actually, she says, you are my apostles, my strength. You as bishops are the strength of the church. But God can't get you to move. God can't get you where you're supposed to be. And so Mary's coming to raise up a whole new body of apostles. What do you think about that? I'm not shy about that. I'm not boasting about it. I'm saying our lady just said this. She started the message. You are my apostles, my strength. She ended the message that the shepherds are the strength of the church. My son left you. Two distinct groups. Why? Because one group we need for the sacraments, and that group is not doing what they're supposed to be doing as far as evangelization. You're going to have to accept us. We're not going away. I'm not going to be silenced. I'm not going to be quiet. Burn us at the stake. I don't care what you think of us. I don't care what goes on behind the scenes. And we know things in the Vatican even is against us. So be it. The Virgin Mary is having to be sent down here for 33 years to correct the church through rebuilding it, not correct it. We're building, we're rebuilding the church over the one that's gotten too lethargic, too corrupt in non-confrontation, too comfortable, too lazy, that we're building a church over it. And we're obedient to you as bishops. And we're obedient to its jurisdictions over us. But we are called by our baptism to evangelize as priests. And I'm acting on it. And I want to encourage everybody to act on it. And I want you to confront your bishop. I'm not saying any of this in disrespect. I'm saying this in confrontation. Bishops, you need to be in confrontation. You have power and you're not exercising it, except in the wrong ways. A cardinal two, three years ago said, we don't need any more meetings. We don't need large numbers of people listening to us. We need with our witness to teach. And that's what our lady's rising up. She's calling you to be apostle. Either you're going to do it and let the words fall out and say what you need to say and always be obedient. We can never turn against our bishop because they're the cardinals. They're the princes of the church. The problem is they're acting too much like princes. They're acting too much like lords over us in the way they want to stop Medjugorje and in the way they want to retard all these messages. Many are for it. But as an active body, well, we've got to do what everybody else says. You are the pope of your diocese. You can do whatever you need to do as long as you're not going against the dogmas. What should a bishop do? A bishop should come to anybody in Medjugorje and say, what do you need from me? You want mass? You want the sacraments? Here it is. What do you want? We've been only four bishops. One bishop wouldn't even give us a blessing. I'm with John Paul. A month later, he gives me three blessings. That this one individual bishop said, I said, why can't I just get a blessing from you? Well, I don't know how you're going to use it. John Paul didn't say that. I spoke to him about Medjugorje. I said, we're a community. I said, our family's into this. This is our life. Three blessings from Pope John Paul. Directly, I wasn't in a crowd. I was meeting with him. He got words from heaven. He got all these messages. He didn't, he didn't care. He's Gamel. He was thinking, okay, this guy, 
I just met him. I'm talking to him. I like what he says. But, you know, if he's off base, if he's from God, he'll flourish. If he's not, God takes care of him. As a bishop, that's what you're supposed to do in Medjugorje. As a bishop, you want your diocese renewed? Open it up and say, Medjugorje people, you're welcome in our churches. Propagate. You let renew in there. You let the corrupt program that's going on now, what's the name of this? It's, it's corrupt. Just, just faith. Just faith. This is a corrupt program. It's communist. Bishops allow that. And the mother of God's coming and you won't allow that in there? What's wrong with this picture? Something very, very, very bad is wrong with it. And it's obvious to see. I will not be silent about the message. Yes, I, I put on everything we write, everything I put out. We are waiting for the church's approval, which we are. And we will abide by the judgment of the church, which we will. And that we'll do what the church says in regards to if they condemn it. And we will. But what the church is going to say about Medjugorje is it's real. And what the church is going to do about its condemnation is not going to happen. Why? Because the church cannot ever let anything go on 33 years in every diocese in the world that somebody in every single church virtually is having a conversion experience and devotion to the Virgin Mary, the Queen of Peace, and Medjugorje, and the last apparitions on earth that she'll never come back to the earth again, where they can see here and touch her, where she's appearing every day, where she's giving messages as never before in the history of the world, and this is her time. The church will not condemn Medjugorje, and therefore in this interim, the church has no right to even stymie it. And I'm talking about you bishops, and I'm talking about you stymie it where you're for it and you're just silent. You go to the people, you seek them out, and you say, you are good, just like Sherborne did with his diocese in Austria, said my seminaries would have closed if it was not for seminaries coming in from Medjugorje. You're doing just the opposite of what you should be doing. And don't rationalize it away as a bishop. That I'm for it. I think the people are good with it. I think they're doing good, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to lift a finger. Actually, we don't want you meddling in what we do. I mean that as a quote. I don't mean disrespect. I'm not seeking your permission. The church gives it. One bishop told me one time, says, well, you can't speak for the Catholic Church. I don't want you to use the name Catholic. Oh, really? Francis just said a month ago. He said, quote, lay people. He's talking about the bishops need to speak for the Catholic Church and priests need to speak. And he says, and you lay people, you have a right to speak for the Catholic Church. Why would I not? Why don't I have a right to speak for Alabama? Why don't I have a right to speak about Caritas I'm part of? Why don't I have a right to speak as an American when I go to Europe? Because I'm an American. Because I'm a Catholic, I've got a right to speak about the Catholic Church. And for on behalf of the Catholic Church, how else would I evangelize? And I can tell you, there's hardly anything, there's nothing I know in the United States that has brought more people into the church, that has brought them more in to be Catholic than Medjugorje. And it's this mission, we just got yesterday a Methodist doing the 54-day novena because he asked us, he saw us doing the rosary when he was down in Florida. He saw us doing the rosary. He's in his office later. He said, pray, pray for me. 
Pray for me to find an apartment. I'm trying to find one. It's real difficult to find one that's cheap where he, this part of Florida. So we give him a rosary, blessed by Our Lady. We do that, assuming he's Catholic, because he's from South America. He says, no, I'm a Methodist. So we show him, this is how you say the rosary. This is what you do. This will work. We explain to him, he took us somewhere. It's a good gesture. We didn't shy down, and he took it. He said, I'm going to do this. Another city we was at, we was in a taxi cab. Immediately, we start dealing with this guy. We left him a Medjugorje rosary, and it was natural. And you tell me I can't speak for the Catholic Church? These people will come. This Methodist, if he does this 54 novena, that he gets this apartment, he thinks he's doing it for his apartments. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing that so he become Catholic. Actually, I'm not even doing it for him to become Catholic. I'm actually doing it for him to become a better Christian. The fruit of that is a devotion to Our Lady, and a devotion to Our Lady is she is the church. She is it. So everything is to come underneath that. And so where do we go with this? You want to continue on the path you're on? You will be vomited out of the land, just like every civilization before us. It's time to act. You call Caritas, 205-672-2000, and you ask, receive a packet that we put out that you write to the Alabama Supreme Court justices. And we know we have people of this persuasion that's listening to us. We've had them write into us. And not all of them negative. They wanted to know more. They thought I was teaching against the Catholic Church. We showed them we wasn't. It's the first time they're hearing it. What I'm saying is every priest and every bishop across this land should be saying this. They should be admitting we're at fault because of our silence. To be silenced is to be an accomplice. You think of your office of bishop as being an accomplice to a bottom of lifestyles because you're not thundering from the pulpit. We won't hear it. I was in another city last week in another state. The priest knew me. I was there about Medjugorje. He's given out, they fired the first shot. We talked for just three or four minutes. He says, it's Divine Mercy Sunday. It was last Sunday. And he said, I'm going to talk about hell today. And he wanted to clarify something about the Medjugorje visionaries. He wanted to know which one saw hell. I told him. He gives a homily about Sister Faustini. He speaks about hell. He gives the facts about it. There's a couple of masks sitting behind us. The priest finishes his thing, and he wasn't thundering. He, wasn't, he was just giving out the facts. His delivery wasn't really in a dramatic way, but what he was saying was dramatic. And I heard this guy behind me turn to his wife and say, when the priest ended, and walked from the pulpit, he said, Wow. Don't you see we want this? We're starving for it, and you're malnourishing our souls. Give it to us. Get out there, bishops. Demand it of your priests. Now is no more time left, because you can pay the biggest price. The guillotines are first ready for you, because you are our representatives. You want to go there? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's the only thing that's going to save you. I can't judge you, but I can tell you what you're doing. Your actions, I will judge, and it's wrong. And Our Lady said also about the shepherds. Every day I pray for the shepherds, and I expect the same of you. Because my children, without their guidance and strengthening through their blessing, you cannot do it. We cannot do it without you. And He's told us that. We believe that. We understand that real clearly. That's the appeal to this. It's not to talk down to you. 
but with our passions that we explain who we are called to be by the Holy Virgin Mary and that you allow that. John Paul didn't question. He gave guidance. He gave encouragement. He gave me three blessings. And he said, basically, go forth, son. You missed an opportunity from heaven. You don't recognize it. How sad that is. What a tragedy it is. And so it is. Catholics worldwide has increased. The American Catholic Church, we comprise 63% of the growing population. That means a few people, as this woman wrote from the military, in the administration, a few people of the population, our bishops, can stand down this and everything else by leading or not even, we're not even asking you to lead, allowing us to fight. Take up our money, get the collections, hire these firms to tie this stuff up where they won't even know what hit them. We've got the power but we don't act on it because we can't convict because we're weak. So for you who are on our mail list that would say because of this, stop trying to change the Bible, we say what Jesus said to his disciples when they wanted to not accept what he said, will you also leave us? Go ahead. We're free. We wish our lady, we love you, Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.